What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and St. John just got their ass beat for the second consecutive game. Xavier this time on our home, own home court, 84 to 79, and that five-point difference does not tell the story whatsoever. St. John's got beat badly. They got outclassed. They got outperformed. They got outcoached. We got to see it all, and unfortunately, it was not pretty to see. Um, Xavier got every shot they wanted every single shot they wanted to start the first half and they made us pay to the tune of 48 points. And we might've been able to keep up somewhat with that 37 points, but it was not because we were crisp. It was not because we were getting good looks. It was because we were able to, you know, scramble enough uh, steals together in that first half to get five or six easy layup opportunities on fast breaks. But in the half court, we were getting stifled and Xavier was, you know, put on a clinic put on a clinic and every shot they wanted, they were executing, they were taking their time. They were using screens. They were getting the advantage they wanted. They were running clock and seemed like every time they wanted to, they could get the shot they wanted. And Nunji, you know, he's a really good offensive player. He's a seven foot guy who's got skills inside and out. And tonight he utilized all those and he beat up St. John's for the majority of this game. You know, the numbers might not bear it out, completely at the end of the night, but he was the best player on the floor in that first half. He dominated St. John's. He dominated Joel. And uh, we got ourselves in quite a hole. And we were lucky to be down 11 points at the end of the half. Lucky to be behind 11 points at the end of the half. Um, on our end, offensively, to start the game, we took a terrible shot for possession of the game. Corbello, you know, a fadeaway off the dribble from the corner mid-range jump shot to start the game. I think he started the last game with that shot. He does a lot of things well. He's super talented, but he's he's so frustrating. And uh, tonight he was, you know, not an overall positive, I don't believe. Uh, two for nine from the field. Um, missed a layup when we were down six. Could have got us to four. He did have a handful of nice plays. Did have seven assists, but he also had some costly turnovers. Um, and, and then him and Posh, again, we're not we're not clicking tonight. And Posh, I'm not putting anyone else's faults on what he's he's done this year. A lot of this stuff has just been uncharacteristic shot attempts out of frustration, um, you know, rushing things. And then that one play late in the second half, we're going to talk more about the first half, the late second half offensive rebound off the free throw against two other Xavier guys where somehow Posh comes up with it and makes a layup. That is the quintessential Posh Alexander play. When I saw that play happen, I thought maybe a switch has been turned or a trigger has been switched or whatever term you want to use. And we'll start seeing some better plays from Posh because that is something that only he does. I'm starting to think maybe we just start him at at power forward and let him play inside the paint, let him set screens. Don't let him camp on the perimeter. Who knows? I mean, he can battle for rebounds like anybody knows, anybody's business. Uh, And I'm saying this only somewhat jokingly. I mean, we've seen the NBA play offsides guards um as like the quasi four who can't shoot or the quasi five because they can't shoot and they got to set screens they got to play in that dunker spot obviously we're not posh in the dunker spot i'll stop joking but we got to figure something out because the 30 minutes a game between the two of them posh and capello hasn't worked offensively uh and you know never in my in my mind would i have felt i'd want to see some minutes with neither of them on the court and there was a time i was saying that tonight I will say the end, the end run we did have in this game did come with our starting five on the court. That was like the first real glimpse of good extended minutes. And it was only five or six that we've seen with that crew so far against good competition. I'm including the Iowa State. I'm including the Villanova game. Um, maybe, maybe that's a sign of things to come. But it, I wouldn't take it as a promise. No way. Um, you know, we we did make that run, like I said, and it was – 
you know, partly to do because eventually our, our pressure did pick up and you're going to, you're going to wear a team down like Xavier who doesn't go particularly deep, but it's, it's far too little, far too late. And in the meantime, we can't just rely on these occasional steals to get us our offense. We got to have some set plays. We got to have some consistent things to go to instead of just either a throwing it to Soriano or he just sits in the post by himself with five guys standing still around him. You know, and that's not even a terrible look, but it's it's pretty easy to fend. We're, we're hoping he's going to be able to beat a guy one-on-one and Nunji's a seven-footer. And um, he doesn't have that much space to operate because we don't stretch the floor. That's obvious. So that's not working. And if our weave, 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 like we heard a million times tonight, isn't working, um, then, you know, it's a either a bad shot early in the shot clock or a hard shot late in the shot clock. And neither of those are recipe for success, as, as St. John's fans can tell you. Um, as we've seen it far too often, you know, tonight was kind of unfortunate if you're, you're coach Anderson. Um, I, I, I doubt he was excited for this. I doubt, you know, Sean Miller who came off looking really well was excited for this too. No one, no one wants to have a microphone or a camera, you know, on you doing that stuff, but it did not go, it did not go very well from the St. John's perspective. And you don't, I don't want to nitpick at small things. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert in all this stuff, but like even just looking at the huddles, you don't have to, you don't have to be an expert to see the difference there in terms of, you know, connected connectivity and, and who's listening and what everyone's doing. And you can see Xavier coaches bringing over whiteboards with just the matchups on it. So they could read those in the timeouts and their players are pointing at different things and interjecting. And, you know, everyone had a say and was engaged just from my perspective. And I was, you know, trust me, I'm hoping to be saying the opposite and St. John's is the one looking, looking good. And it's not the case. You know, it's, it's definitely not the case, but there was plenty of times where it looked like no one was saying anything. And there was plenty of times it looked like no one was listening to whoever was talking. And there was plenty of times when coach Anderson seemed like he was asking the, the players that they knew what was going on because he wasn't quite sure who, who uh, some of the matchups were, or what we were in. And it wasn't like, like, uh, Hey, you know what we're doing? It was like, Hey, what are we doing here? And you know, that's not a good luck. I don't have to reiterate. Um, can I think of anything that went well tonight? I'd say Montez Mathis played good. Uh, I think he did make a couple of threes that weren't great looks. He was in rhythm. He was, I mean, he was feeling himself. Uh, he had a good game. He's confident. Uh, and you could tell as a young kid coming up through basketball, he's probably always been a scorer in college. You know, his uh, unorthodox shot and the way guys were able to defend him, you saw his numbers dip. It's not the prettiest look, and he has made a concerted effort of taking mostly just good shots this year. Montez with his feet set, Mathis has been a mantra of mine, and I'm sticking to it. And I think when he does have his feet set, it looks like it's going in. Uh, Sean Miller's thought the same thing. He was even calling him a shooter, someone they had to close out hard on. Never would have saw that coming coming into the year, but he continues to play well. Um, he even finished well, you know, through contact a few times. Uh, Wusu did some good things off the bench, uh, hit a couple threes, also, you know, made a few boneheaded plays, one turnover for a bucket uh, comes to mind. He also, you know, it's, this is just a, a credit to Wusu as the, the player he is and what he doesn't get enough credit for, stopped a four-on-one fast break by himself by just being back there, being who he was, while other guys were too lazy to even go back there to help him. Uh, and there was a few occasions where we were too lazy to get back on defense, Xavier missed a, a shot, and they were able to, you know, pick up the rebound because, uh, we didn't pick up the scraps. Uh, when we did make our run, a couple of things point out. We got it down to seven points with five minutes and 30 seconds left. Curbelo has a steal from behind attempt where he gets it cleanly. The deflection hits Soriano in the chest right at the Xavier player. I think they end up getting a couple free throws that possession. That hurt. Um, and then we got it to six points 
later, you know, with only a minute 45 left in the game. Curbelo had a nice take to the basket, but like I mentioned earlier, missed a layup. Soriano missed the tip in. Um, you know, we got to five with 50 seconds left. Uh, took a couple bad shots. There was that time we let too much time off the clock. Timeout usage was tough. We called on the offensive end. We hopefully brought it up, and I don't remember during this timeout what we were to do in the situation then. You know, we probably didn't bring it up. But the time went too off, too long off. It went from like a minute to 40 seconds. You could hear Coach Anderson yelling foul, 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 but that's too late. You know, you're in the flow of the game. If you're not thinking, hopefully our players have that awareness, but obviously we didn't. Um, the only way to extend that game was the foul. There was too much time left to, to let it play out that way. And then the game was over. You know, and unfortunately, the game was over. Uh, enough with me talking so much. Let me share some screens here. Um, guys, again, thanks for tuning in here. I always appreciate it. The YouTube numbers, the Spotify, the Apple Podcast, all the counts. Here's the first half podcast, uh, first half box score. Like I said, down 11 points on uh, that box score, team score. A couple of things that's, that stand out Xavier, five for 11 from three in that first half. We ourselves were four for seven, good number, but we gave up really good looks, except for that bank shot by Nunji. Who else didn't see that shit going in as soon as left in his hands? I mean, give me a break. Um, eight offensive rebounds by Xavier, the times that they weren't making their shots. Most of the shots that we're getting, again, were good looks. They were also there to clean up misses and make us pay in that regard. And then we turned it over way too much in the first half. Eight first half turnovers. A lot of those were unforced. Um, four for seven for three, like I said, from us was good to see, but nothing we can really bank on moving forward. That's another thing I should mention. In the game we lost, 84 to 79, we shot eight for 17 from three as a team. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that you can uh, expect moving forward. And it's unfortunate we had that at home and still lost by five points in the game. We were really beat by 10 to 12 points, uh, it felt. Looking at the box score, a couple of things that were good. Like I said, Mathis, 14 points. Wusu, good contributions, five rebounds, three assists, two steals off the bench. Uh, David Jones, 10 rebounds. That's good. David, 19 points. That's good. Three for five from three helps. Seven for 17 isn't a great number overall. That means he was four for 12 from two, you know, he's got to do a better job finishing and helping us get easier points. Cause like I've said a million times, we just don't have great looks in the half court. So that's just not me blaming you, David. That's blaming the coach for not getting your great looks. There are times where I do think you have to be a bit more in control. You have to look to attack uh, earlier in the, in the game. And I'm saying this after what I just told you about three for five from three, you know, so who knows, maybe I'm wrong there, but anyway, 19 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, one steal, Good, good box score number from Jones. Soriano got really outplayed again tonight. He's going to come out of here with good numbers, 14 and eight, pretty damn good. Three blocks, pretty damn good. Six for six from the free throw line. That's great. You know, no matter what the competition is or who you're playing against, Soriano does look good from the free throw line. Probably the guy I trust most at the free throw line. I'm not sure what that says about our team, but we were nine for 16 overall. That's not going to get it done. And it was, you know, safe to say it was costly tonight. Although we did get two of those back off that uh, free throw uh, rebound by Posh I mentioned earlier. Just look at the shooting by our by our starters. Jones was 7 for 17. Soriano, 4 for 10. Alexander, 5 for 14. Corbello, 2 for 9. All four of those guys with sub 50. Um, you know, no one shot over 40% from that group from the field. And then Mathis, the, the lone starter with a good shooting night. 6 for 9 from the field. 2 for 3 from 3. 14 points, two rebounds. If we have ever a night where, you know, Jones and Soriano have a good night, Pasha Cabello have a good night, and Mathis plays well, we'll probably be pretty good. But it seems to have, it seems to be Mathis has his, his good nights on, like, off times. 
but they've been far more consistent this year. So hopefully we see a couple more with a uh, couple uh, coupled with some good games from the rest of our guys. Ben Stoller had four points, two for five. He had two uh, fast break layups, uh, good finishes off the break. Uh, did get beat a couple of times defensively. Did also have a couple of nice recoveries um, down low. Helped Dylan out on a paint switch where Dylan got the steal because Storer recovered and helped him down low. Gave him an extra second to play defense. So he's getting better. He's seen some more things defensively. We still need to see him around the basketball when the, when the shot goes up. He's got, you know, and maybe Coach Anderson is exclusively telling him you're to run the floor. You're not going to supposed to go after uh, rebounds on the offensive end. On the defensive end, you know, there's no excuses. But um, it, it's it's far too common where he's got zero on the rebounding column. Um, Stanley and NY had some contributions, really kind of went without notice, to be honest with you. Um, didn't kill us, didn't hurt us, uh, didn't really help us either. Overall, our front core isn't the most of my concern. It's it's where we are as an offensive unit and getting scoring from our backcourt, finding the right balance between Posh and Cabello. If that means staggering them, then you got to be willing to stagger them. That means uh, you know putting one on the bench and you know even you know limiting both their minutes. Then you got to have the you know the backbone to do that. I know both those guys are big minute guys. They're like the faces of the team. Posh, especially Cabello's, you know, big time talent came here with a lot of fanfare. Um, you might have to have some tough, tough, difficult conversations with those guys and make some tough, difficult decisions in terms of the rotation. You know, that's just the way it might have to be. Store, Wusu, uh, they played better than those guys in some stretches tonight. Store, you know, he's got, you know, plenty of offensive capabilities. Uh, Pinzone, when he's healthy, if he's healthy, has offensive capabilities. And you're going to have to tinker with it. And you're going to have to be willing to, you know, perhaps upset a few people. Because um, tonight, is becoming far too uh, common, it seems, in what we've seen from St. John's this year and under Coach Anderson in big-time games. You know, if last year is the complete indication of where we're headed, then obviously it's it's not great. Um, it's not great. And this year has looked more like last year than uh, the previous year. And the previous year is when uh, we saw some momentum in Big East play and we saw an identity um, emerge from our you know, bench scoring from Moore and uh, Wusu and uh, Cole, um, you know, kind of getting better throughout the year. And, you know, Moore especially had that identity as like the, the finisher in Big East, uh, dunks everywhere, got called for technicals for hanging on the rim because he was kind of a jackass. We get that deal. But uh, St. John's got better that year in Big East playing went on a run. And they're going to have to do that this year if they want to make the tournament. But right now it does not look like it. Uh, I would not you know, put a lot of money in the stock for St. John's to go to the tournament after what I've seen so far this year, especially what we saw tonight. It was not good. Um, and I don't blame you guys if you tuned off 15 minutes ago and you don't want to hear this, but hey, appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the follows and the comments. Uh, the comments. Um, keep it up. For Willie Glass, this has been Pat Kane, Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Peace.